0: Hairdressing, business, beauty, products, people, interviews, fitness, health, well-being. I'm Nathan Plumridge and welcome to Hair Life. Can you do me a favor? Hit the subscribe button or the share button wherever you can see it. Thank you. My guest today is a published author, a successful entrepreneur, a business coach, a mother of two, and so very much more. Her name is Jessica Kane. Jessica, welcome to Hair Life. How are you doing today? Hi, Nathan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. We're very pleased to get you on the show. I've uh, obviously been trying to get hold of you, I think, for some time, but I know you're a busy <laughs> lady. We finally got here.
1: Yeah, no, it's lovely to see you.
0: Right now, Jess, uh, what I want to do is, I always like to start the show quite simply. uh, If you could just introduce yourself uh, to the listeners and let people know what it is that, that you do. That'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Jessica Crane. I'm business coach for salon owners. And our primary goal is to help salon owners create generational wealth from their businesses we want them to make the correct decisions from their numbers feel empowered running their businesses um, and create the lifestyle that they wanted when they first opened that salon door so it's about having the financial reward but also having that time freedom and really enabling and creating the business that gives you the lifestyle that you wanted that's what we all want a business for is so that it, it's providing for us us and not us feeling a slave to our business
0: and so right there and it's one of the things I mean you know I tend to look at it, I've had my business for coming up 25 years in December Jessica and I think number one we're always continually learning but number two we're continually being challenged And I, and I'm always interested in this whole coaching sphere because how did you get into it how did you build the business that you have now what's your background
1: So I had my first job in a salon when I was 12. And I realized from a young age, like, I am going to have to support myself. Like, ain't nobody coming to help me. Nobody's. I'm getting no handouts, no leg up. I'm not getting nothing, right? So I'm like, I need to decide what I want to do, go out there, create a plan, create an action plan, and kind of start these things in motion, because... I need to be able to support myself mm-hmm. so I had my first job in a salon at 12 I was doing weekends after school school holidays um all of that and I absolutely love the environment I was like I feel like I'm around adults like your salon owners are like another mom and dad like all your stylists that are like having loads of brothers and sisters and they're all older and they're all really cool people and you're like this is amazing um so that's how I kind of first started and really loved and enjoyed the industry. And then I obviously left school and did my apprenticeship. And then I was um, fully qualified at like 17, nearly 18. I was salon manager by 19. Um, And then I hit this glass ceiling very, very quickly. And I felt like at that time in that salon, in that particular salon, there was nowhere else for me to go. Like I was already salon manager, I was already earning like the most amount that I could earn. Um, Yeah, and and creatively, like I love the creative side of our industry, but going deeper into the creative wasn't, it wasn't like doing it for me. I wasn't like, oh, that's what I really want to do. So. I went on to become an assessor and I was a center manager, assessor, and internal verifier. So I was educating for hair, beauty, and business admin. And um, in 2014, I went on maternity leave with my daughter. And I was like, right, if I go back to being an assessor, internal verifier again, my problem was I'm still hitting this glass ceiling. Like there's nowhere else for me to go within that company. So, and I'm, I'm like itchy feet. Like if I'm not learning, I don't know what the next goal is or the next big thing or the next progression route. It all, it's almost for me, like I feel trapped okay. and I'm like, I can't be in a trapped environment. Like, like I need to know what the next big goal is. And so I did a consulting degree whilst I was on maternity leave with my daughter and I was like we need to figure out in this time what the next steps are for me um but naturally because I'd been an assessor and I'd been into a lot of salon owners and taught their apprentices and got to know them and they you know and I said to you like everybody in an area knows everybody in hairdressing like you've probably worked in a salon with them and you know everybody knows everybody so a lot of them were reaching out to me and they're like, oh, hey, I know you're on maternity leave. Can we grab a coffee? Blah, blah, blah. We've, you know, the girls have missed you coming into the salon and, and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. And what happened very organically was we would talk and they would say, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Can I get your opinion on this? What do you think about this? And to me, I was like, oh, I thought everybody knew this stuff. I was like, yeah, of course I can help. So we'd look at like numbers or marketing or systems, operations, like stuff like that. And then it became, oh, can you help me every month? Can I see you every month? Can I see you every week? So from 2014 to 2016, I was going out to salons and doing like and what I would call like an old school face-to-face coaching Mm. model. Um, And it was brilliant, you know, and it was all over. But yeah, I think when you're in business, you always have to be looking for the problems. Like what is the problem with this current business model? Because the solutions are your next evolution, Mm -hmm. right? So then I had my second child in 2016. I was like, The problems for me is that I don't want to commute as much. I don't want this time of traveling to and from salons anymore. But I also was looking at what's the problems from my customer's point. And some of the problems were things like if they had a stylist ringing sick, they would have to rearrange our day and then trying to arrange it around their own diary, their own family, their own commitments was like, oh, it just went back and forth and back and forth. that's hard work. Yeah, it is hard work. And, you know, so then I was like, right, these are all the pain points for me and for them as a business owner as well. And I started working with a coach and I was like, what if we could take this whole thing online Mm -hmm. and they could access all of the learning, all of the knowledge, all of the stuff, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because I was like, if like me, they want to finish at three o'clock and spend the time, like in my house, three till seven is like carnage, right? It's like running after school clubs, tea, like it's carnage. Everybody's here, there and everywhere. But that's where I want to be spending my time at that time so then if they want to learn at nine o'clock at night when their kids are in bed and the house is quiet then they can mm-hmm. if they want to get up at four in the morning and do a few hours again whilst the house is quiet and before the school run carnage they can do that right because we want to now have this flexibility where we can as business owner do the things that we need to do but do them around our families so that we can be there for our family as well. I think so, that's the
0: biggest word now, flexibility. I think massively, regardless within the industry. I think that's the biggest thing that we find as a as, an, as a salon owner. Number one is giving the team that flexibility. But also, I think from your perspective, from a coaching perspective, people being able to choose their time and choose it wisely. It's interesting hearing your journey because you sound very much like me. It's it's for me listening to you. It's very much that entrepreneurial spirit. You. very much you need a project it's a continuous project and, and that's ultimately what an entrepreneur looks for we look we see that solution when a lot of people would don't and do you find one of the biggest things in terms of the person that comes to you are they generally people that have been like stylists in salons and then what they've done is they've naturally kind of taken over the business and moved on from there which is why they're great at cutting hair but they're not great at running the business is is that something you see most of the time
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they're confident. And that, you know, and that's their comfort zone is being the stylist, being the therapist, or whatever their creative role is. But now they realize they've come to a point where they realize they need to strengthen all them other strings to their bow if they want to have a successful business. Like, if just being good at your treatment, your service, your product is not enough, Mm -hmm. like you can't do that anymore. We could do that 10 years ago. We could do that 15 years ago, but we cannot do that anymore. Like you're, you will either be your, if you're talented you will just still be a best kept secret if you can't market properly what you do and you can't get those new clients and you can't you're not making those decisions from your numbers your ideal client and your vision like they're the three big key dominoes of where every single business decision should come from
0: especially in this current market because I mean again who I talk to you know this this what we're about to probably go through in this next you can't
1: afford not to it's not Not an option it's not an option anymore it's interesting
0: because this for me even this show today this is why it's one of those that I I want to stress to our industry more than ever yeah the, the things that you have to do today like once we've recorded this and we put this out what you need to be doing to move and protect your business in these coming months that, that you need to get a game plan you need to get a game plan together so it's great obviously having a chat with you I just wanted to go back a little bit in something you said so when you had moved and you changed your business and started to look at that platform you started to work with a coach yourself was that because uh, I've worked like with Tony Robbins and done masterminds and all these other things and, and yeah. they've been incredible for me did you go down a certain route did you find somebody who gave you or helped you with those tools to, to push you forwards
1: yeah absolutely so every year we set aside a budget to invest into coaches it's kind of the first priority every business year is what are the problems in our business right now what are the goals what is the gap between the problem and the goal what areas are missing is it a strategy is it a skill is it What's missing to get from A to B, right? And this is what I teach all my clients to do as well. Like, what is missing from where you are right now to where you want to be? And most of the time, it's a gap in your knowledge, something that you don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. And you can spend years and years and years trying to figure that out right? It's like when people ask people questions in a Facebook group, or they're searching on YouTube, you can spend forever trying to find information Mm -hmm. or trying to piece this puzzle together. Uh Or you can go and find somebody and say, hey, I know you teach people to do this, can you teach me? Because when you're asking people in a Facebook group, or you're searching on YouTube, you're looking for this free information, The biggest thing is you don't even know if those strategies work. Mm -hmm. You don't know if this person is actually really able to help you and that the information or advice that they're giving you is correct. Mm -hmm. You're just guessing and you're just winging it. And the problem is when you do that it takes such a long time and for most businesses especially salons you don't have the luxury of that amount of time of cash flow and money and everything to support you in whilst you figure it out like you will probably run out of money before you get the result that you want
0: yeah and Um, that's and that's something that I think at the minute, and this is where I know we spoke about before we did the recording. There's this thing about the coaching thing where I have, I have issues with it because there's a lot of people teaching things that they shouldn't be teaching. And there's a lot of people doing exactly what you said, that they're putting this information out there, but it's a bit like somebody who's been married five times. You wouldn't go to them for marriage (laughs) advice, right? It's, you know, you want to go to that person that's had a relationship for 50 years and they're still in love with each other and spiritually, mentally, physically, and I think this is the thing that I'm seeing more than ever is that there's a group of people out there because there's too much information now. Do you find that? That's one. there's so yeah. much sort of information generally. And I want people to really dial down and go, look, just go to people who've got experience and, and can back it up. Because that's my yeah. big thing. Like there's a lot of people that talk a lot of it, but not yeah. back it up on any level. So it's great that you're focusing down that route.
1: Yeah, there's two key things. Like, like you say, with a lot of information, one of the things we call that is plasters, yeah. like where it's just like a little piece of information, but it's not really everything that you need. It's just very surface level. Um, and like you say, like one of the things that we do is we always ask our clients to do video testimonials like tell your journey of what you've learned in our programs and what you've enjoyed and what your results have been so that for somebody else in your position who's thinking of joining it, they can hear your story and your thoughts and everything else. So definitely, if you're looking for a coach, you want to look for what are the strategies that you're going to teach me? How deep is this knowledge? What success has this knowledge had before? What have you know proof client testimonials can you show or share with me so that I know that this is going to work for me again it's called due diligence like Mm -hmm. we provide a lot of it within um before people even come to us we're like hey check out all of your due diligence before you even hop on a call with us or whatever so that you know if it's right for you and us or not Um, And that's what most people should be doing when they look for a coach is doing your due diligence.
0: And that's so right. And again, if anybody listened to this, please make sure you do that. Do not jump in, you know, feet first. Make right decisions because it's interesting now. So you've got this model. and Clearly, you've got a model that works. How do you keep challenging yourself in terms of growing that as well? So we've got this changing climate, right? Yeah. I've got a completely set of tools that we've now got to look at mm-hmm. where do you look at continually transitioning that what's what's your te- sort of technique for that
1: yes there's multiple options it's one always having coaches myself that are the expert in their area, like they are the best of the best of the best of the best, right? So that you're investing in those high levels, because not only do you get access to that coach, but you get access to other people at that level. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is invaluable as well. So it's one of the reasons that we have a community in our Um, programs as well because not only do you want to learn from that coach but you want to learn from everybody in that group because they are all the best at the best of the best in their areas as well so you're learning from so many people and hearing other people's questions and hearing other people's problems and and so on so you need to be if you want to be high level you want to be innovative you need to be around them people if you think you're going to do that sat in your cell on by yourself that's not going to happen no. it's not stretching you thinking it's not growth it's not learning the other thing is a lot of those groups are not industry based so they're not salon They're marketing or their business or their financial their wealth coaching or their other areas so you can draw in from other industries and other businesses and what they're doing. The problem with our industry is a lot of the stuff is regurgitated again and again. And it's not new. It's not innovative. It's not forward thinking as a business. It's just industry, you know, same old regurgitate and that's not going to help
0: us no and I love that and I think that's the biggest thing is that I want salon owners to start thinking much wider which is exactly what you're preaching is look if you want to know about your finances please get somebody that deals in finance if you want to know about marketing do exactly the same thing I think that's where the business is insular it tends to be quite micro in its mindset and I really want every salon owner to really understand you have so much potential don't they Every oh, single making proper money, really enjoying their lifestyles. Probably not working half as hard as they do, and actually with the right tools and the right techniques, you can achieve so many things. So many things. So it's interesting. So your book, because I'm a, I'm a reader. And I'm, and I'm assuming you're a reader.
1: Oh, mass, yeah, massive. You know,
0: I'm like every week. I'm pretty much, you know, with something. <laughs> I'll read a book. I'll nail it, and it, and it changes my life instantly. I'm just reading at the minute. Brilliant book. If you want to read it? Rich Dad Poor Dad.
1: Yeah, I'm read not, it a I few made, times. Yeah, yeah
0: great it. books, one of them. It's just, it's like instant. As soon as you start, it makes you look at your finances and be a little bit different. Um, so you wrote your book. How many years ago is that now?
1: That was. I want to say, I want to say probably nine, 2019, 2020.
0: Okay, so, so fairly recent.
1: Yeah. I yeah. always love that
0: because everybody's, you know, they always say there's a book inside you. Yeah. So how long did that take? What was that process? So
1: our goal, <laughs> our goal is to have a few. Yeah. So the first one, which is this one, is mindset, because that's the foundation, is to start thinking about your environment your habits your behaviors your you have to look at you first Mm -hmm. right like you have to look at you look at know what your strengths are know what your weaknesses are do I have the right people around me am I creating the right culture and you know all of these things you have to look at you first and set up your environment for success so then it probably took about a month so we wrote it and I wrote it in about a month, and then we had it edited various times by various different people, and um, just to make sure the structure and the flow and all of that stuff is right. Um, and then the goal is to have a marketing one, and then a financial one, and then probably a, a system, a business systems, and models one. But we do want to have a good few years between them because we don't just want to and you want a book to be evergreen that's the other thing as well so you have to make sure that it's really founded by principles and not gimmicks or tactics mm-hmm. so you know there's all those things to think about we pr- we almost pretty much have the four books it's just a case of we then need the rest will be put together at some point um and will be part of the series yeah I love so that.
0: I think it's great it's I think full it's, on. It's, yeah, it's great I think it's one of those that I think you know we like you said we've always got it inside us but it's about kind of actually getting on with it isn't it and yeah sort of doing it I mean how much-
1: having a plan and a strategy with it as well and not just like oh I've got this book but there's no reason or rhyme or it doesn't fit in anywhere or you know so yeah it's got to be part of the plan and the strategy
0: so when you're working so okay so let's just take it I'm a new client Okay, I come to you. Come to Jessica Crane. What's that process? Do you tend to strip that back first and really delve into the real nuts and bolts of what it is that that business is like? Their finances, where they're sat, look at their debt, look at their profit, everything. And then do you build out sort of from there?
1: Yeah. So so we compare it to like most people put a plaster on. We're going to operate. (laughs) on your business like so we start with like literally pulling everything right back and drilling down into every single number every benchmark every kpr everything Mm -hmm. um and then we pull it all apart we look at everything and then we rebuild it in a way that is Optimized for profit efficiency. So it's all stripped back. So you have this like lean, mean machine. Um, because a lot of people, one, we haven't worked with a client yet who wasn't making a loss on some of their treatments and services. Mm-hmm. And what we tend to realize quickly is that they're the treatments and services that they're marketing the most, they're the ones that they're making the biggest loss on. And then they've got stylists all day, every day delivering treatments and services at a loss. Mm-hmm. And over a week, over a month, like if you're if you're that that salon owner that goes, My salon is busy, so how am I losing money? That's how. So we go f- through everything and then we rebuild it so that it is profitable and scalable and so that you've got this kind of lead me machine and that you're marketing the right things in the right way. Um, another thing we move clients away from is we do not, I do not believe in discount and offers. Mm-hmm, good. Like it's not a thing. <laughs> no. It should mm-hmm. never be a thing. Like, no. So and that's, we that's that point you... about it
0: being such old school. So old school. so Ooh.
1: we teach you how to market. Mm-hmm. How to copyright, how to, you know, all of those things that you don't need to rely on a discount led strategy, because it's like people go into panic and they're like, oh, next week, next month is quiet. Let's put 15 percent offer on. Let's do this because they don't have those other tools in their belt. Right. To go, OK, well, what does the business need? The business needs this, this, and this. So what we're going to do is we're going to drive traffic to this for this purpose and we're going to talk about this or we're going to create this value or whatever. They don't have those tools, so they go back to... I'm going to do a discount because that's what everybody else does and that's the only thing I know how to do and again it comes back to when you're looking for a coach look for those problems look for those lack of knowledge that you have and look to fill those pieces of knowledge
0: do you have because the biggest thing I think I find as well now with a lot of salon owners I think again this is a national thing is that thing about the value that just our industry undervalues itself on so many levels I mean I'm always shocked when I still see like haircuts for 28 quid or 30 quid and I and I and I it it pains me because it makes me think we're such a quality service we we deliver such a great product most of the time it's why are we still charging these things wonder people can't make money
1: If I'm honest, and this may be a little bit controversial, I think the... The problem is we undervalue ourselves from within the industry first. If we want people outside the industry to value us higher, we have to treat each other and value each other more within the industry. You can't demand this outside respect when we're not even doing it internally. And this comes from the top down, like educators working for free for companies. What is that about? Like, all of these things basically say your skill is not valuable Mm -hmm. and it's I I can remember being at the an awards I'm not going to say which one the other week and the judges said the judges comment was this person puts passion over profit what kind of stupid comment is that that, because again you're saying well you're not worthy of making money that's what that subconscious comment says
0: yeah
1: so when we say stupid comments like that to each other in an industry when we're not paying stylists to be on our stands at salon international when we're not paying each other and valuing each other's education how can we demand outside respect when we're not even doing it to each other and for ourselves? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like that's like wanting, you know, value and respect from other people. If you don't respect yourself.
0: Such a great point. And it's, and it is, it's huge because you see it daily, like daily daily yeah level. It's awful. I, mean, what's the point? I mean it's interesting because i think this is where this big shift as well and obviously you must see this so predominantly do you work for salons most of the time or beauty salons hairdressing who are employed salons not freelance rent a chair sort of scenarios so and most of your clients are salon owners who employ their teams
1: yeah so our client our customer is the salon owner yeah and then their businesses vary. Most are employed. Mm-hmm. Some are a mixture of both. Or some are self-employed, but they want to move them over to employed. Yeah. Um. And yes, yeah, some, some have a self-employed model. But again, as soon as they start doing the numbers and setting that vision for their business, they're like, this needs to be an employed model, mm-hmm. preferably because we have more brand control, we have, we can have those systems, those processes, those operations, we can educate our team, we can, you know, all these bonuses and benefits um, come more so with having an employed structure. But again, you can only have that employed structure if you've got leadership, if you can create an environment that people want to work for you, you know, so it really means you need to evolve as that leader as well
0: I think that's and that's always the reason why I ask about when people read because I think that's the big thing is that ultimately every business has to start with that salon owner yeah it's, it's almost like you can kind of forget the team for the time being you have to start with that salon owner because I mean we've got a team of 30 and I think it's one of those that if I don't deliver you know there's no way that team is going to want to do it as well and yeah having that kind of core attitude because I think that's the big shift and you must see this you must see you know those salon owners that are still a little bit old school but then suddenly when you implement those systems you you see the change within the business suddenly the stylists you know, perk up. You watch their their turnover grow. You watch their sales grow. Suddenly, they've got a much happier team. Then yeah. there's the police because the boss is actually happier because he's got or he or she has a happier team. The culture shift because that's I think that's my main thing now is where people talk about culture all the time and what is it, but actually I think the culture shift still has to come from the top down.
1: Yeah. And I think as well, when you're in that lack that reactive mode Mm. you're in that stressful mode and you can't be creative with your team your business your you can't create that culture when your back's against the wall yeah when you have the knowledge the skills the strategies and you are confident in what you're doing that feeds down like we all know with our families like how we're feeling feeds down into your family how we're feeling feeds down into your staff and then it feeds down into your customers and then it feeds down into you know your community and who you're touching every day and you know all of that stuff so we have to think about and and that's why i say you need to look for them gaps because if you are feeling like that you need to ask yourself why am i feeling like that what yeah. is it that i don't know what is it that i need support with what is it that i need to address myself so that I can be in this cool calm confident place to then manage and you know lead my team in the way that they need to be led then you feed that down to them so we have our systemized for success program for our salon owners but we also created um, a sales school program which is for their staff Mm -hmm. and honestly that is one of my favorite projects because now all these skills are being delivered to their team members and they're like i hit target and i'm saving for a car and i've hit target and i'm saving for a deposit on a house and like and we're showing them that their skills are valuable and that they shouldn't be afraid to sell they should feel empowered to sell to solve problems for their clients to deliver amazing Transformations for their clients, and they should feel empowered by that process. It's Um,
0: really interesting that as well, because I always love that word empowerment, because it's the biggest thing that we find is actually stepping back and letting people make decisions as well. Yeah. But again, giving them those tools, so having that framework that they can follow and use every single day. Yeah. It takes that pressure off of you as 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 an owner, because you can actually just let people get on and and do it, because people want to do it, don't they? Yeah. Teams want to do it, yeah. If you're,
1: if you know you're lacking that strategy, your team are, Mm. and because they don't have a direction or a framework or a structure, they're just kind of like leaves in the wind for the day. Instead of right, here's the focus, here's the goals, here's the this, and then you can let them run with it. And they're doing it for they need to be doing it for their own reasons as well. This is the key. You can tell them the salon needs to do this and the salon needs to do that and not that they don't care because they do but they need to see what their reasons are as well
0: I think that's that bit you know it's, there's always that moment about like you know kind of watch your why and regardless yeah. of whatever I think the one thing I've really learned about my team is everybody's why is completely different you yeah know, we've got like half the team they're not even that bothered by money you know that's that's actually not a big bit you know when we've done you know team nights together the biggest thing that most of them will say it's actually the relationships they have within the team you know yeah. that be the thing that they'll love most about the business you know yes they are maybe decent money but actually it's surprising when you start having one-to-ones and really getting down to the nitty-gritty a lot of people money is just the additional bonus it's the bit yeah actually enjoying what they do each and every day is what the core kind of benefit you know is yeah It's interesting as well, because I think, you know, I mean, God, I'm in the industry for nearly 30 years. And when I still watch that, that shift now, I mean, I, I never thought that as a salon owner, I would ever, ever have to do less days on the floor and spending that time with my team one to one. Yeah. I mean, it's a massive shift and you must see that all the time with your clients.
1: And that's what they want from you as well. Like they want to be coached by you ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can support them and, and give them and this comes down to and again this is why you should read a lot is psychology of people and what makes them tick and what makes them drive mm-hmm. and they want to feel purpose they want to feel part of something bigger than themselves they want to be part of community this is all just human nature yep. and that's what you need to create in your business so that they do feel a part of the community they feel like they have a purpose they feel you know all of these things that they don't have that glass ceiling on them that there's a path and that this is the next step and the next step. And because yes, money is a part of it, but everything else is such a bigger part.
0: Do you do you see that potentially in the next couple of years that there's another shift happening in the industry? Because, and what I mean by that is we've started to look at you know the models of how much we generally charge per you know service. But actually we're now starting to look at you know this more of an hourly rate charge. Yeah. And actually doing it that way and getting rid of that, that model and moving into a completely different place. Because th- the biggest thing that I think we find sometimes as a business is when you've got that structure or tiers within a business, people always want to be promoted, don't they? They want that promotion. Yeah. They want that price increase. Whereas sometimes I always wonder if there's a, there's, there's a better way of, of making it that basically everybody either charges similar money and everybody's on a win-win. Uh, the same. yeah it's kind of it's something that I think where there's got to be maybe some shift in the industry
1: yeah and I think I always personally think everything should be done on ability not like how long you've been there or your yeah. age or anything like that like sometimes I can go into a salon and I think she's been qualified six months but she's actually a lot more creative and better mm-hmm. than this person who's been here for 10 years yeah right so everything should be on ability, and not just that, the basic core principle of supply and demand. If that stylist is like 110% utilised, their price needs, they have demand. Mm -hmm. Whereas that person maybe doesn't. Like, it's all these questions that you want to ask yourself. And also, do you have, like, are you training everybody to a certain level so they are all of a similar Level Maybe they just have different areas of expertise. So this one charges more for colour and this one charges more for cut and whatever. Or are they all to a certain point where you can then just say this is our fixed hourly rate for our staff because they're all at this particular level. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it comes down to those three things again, your numbers, your ideal client and your vision. Like because I'm quite sure, and this is another thing that drives me crazy about discounts and offers, why would you want to do 10 clients at half price when you could do five at full?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I know I would rather work five hours a day than 10. Like, call me crazy, but that's what I would prefer to do. Yeah. So you know, sometimes when we're doing that, that's what's causing the problems is we're having to work more because we're charging incorrectly and we're not valuing the services and etc. And because then we're attracting the wrong people.
0: Yeah. You know, so it all has a knock
1: on effect.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting with the pricing structure sort of scenario now, because obviously you work with your clients very closely on that. So in terms of you when you're building those pricing structures, so you have um you have your clients that you have monthly. So then, do you have the obviously like your little mastermind meetings, you know, together? So is that sort of quarterly or is that monthly? Yeah. So we
1: have two core programs for our salon owners. We have our systemized for success program. And that's like lifetime weekly Q&A calls, lifetime access to all the members area and the community. And then we have an annual event, which is every November. And we have, um, so I teach for the day, we have success panel, so clients sharing what they've done this year, and um, their amazing successes. And then we have awards, we have a 250k and 100k net profit awards okay, as well
0: yeah so
1: oh yeah they're making some big money wow. um, um so we have that and then what happens is in our systemized for success pro- program we're optimizing for profit right time efficiency and profit so again when it comes to my business i was like what is the next problem for these clients well the next problem was wealth management Because they don't always have those people in their environments to Mm. say, this is what you need to do with your money. So in our mastermind, we have um, a financial advisor on board who then invests their money, sets up stocks, shares, pensions, all of that stuff so that all of their salon profits are now being invested. Mm -hmm. So they're basically making more passive income from that business. Then some of them go, "Oh, actually I'm going to use a little bit of this profit to set up a different business. And Mm -hmm. so now most of them have several streams of income where their money makes money. That's the whole purpose of the mastermind. So with that one, we have quarterly events um, and we have, you know, like our financial advisor coming in and doing everything, can make sure everything's running for them. So that we want our, we reverse engineer the goal. Like, at what age do you want to retire or not have to work if you don't have to? And let's set the plans in motion now, so that we know that no matter what, that's going to happen.
0: Brilliant, and that's that thing about great asset management. You yeah. Know you know as, as an owner there's there's something wonderful about not necessarily being there and earning an income from it and letting that asset stream build in which is yeah great. what a great system like set up I love it well this is Jessica Crane I mean look at the stuff she's giving you today unbelievable <laughs> yes I tend to finish uh with a couple of little final five questions all right yeah I um, see how you like them so uh in the last 12 months what's been one of the biggest things you've learned
1: oh in the last 12 months um oh gosh in the last 12 months i think i think business boundaries like creating that structure for yourself and sticking to it no matter what like setting your vision setting your boundaries and saying no to things that do not fit with your values your ethos your goals like you should say no to a lot more things than you say yes to
0: definitely definitely I think um it's weird that FOMO thing isn't it I think the amount of people that try to go to everything and actually probably go to less more quality less quantity
1: yeah yeah love
0: that what's the uh what's one of the first things you do in the morning when you get up and what's one of the last things you do before you go to bed
1: Uh, first thing I do in the morning is I have coffee and breakfast with my kids. Excellent. Um, so yeah, I spend time with them first thing in the morning. They're up at the crack of dawn at a hundred miles an hour, ready to go. (laughs) They
0: get it from you, don't they?
1: (laughs) Oh, I think, I think they do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Definitely. I can sit. And what's the last thing you do before you go to bed?
1: Um, visualize. Uh, so i'd like to do a visualization um so skincare routine visualization like good self-care um so that you're like in a relaxed state ready for bed i
0: love that love that well done this is great see i've, I've had i get so many funny questions or funny answers <laughs> to these questions. i love it um what's one thing you can't live without
1: my family excellent so yeah good. The
0: yeah. phones, a lot of phones people love their phone and I'm like really
1: you've got children no <laughs> yeah the the four of us like having our goals having time together that would be the thing I couldn't live without
0: do you do you I mean again in terms it sounds like obviously when I spoke to you earlier so you prioritize a lot of your time with making sure that not only do you have your business time, but you have that, those family moments, you have those things.
1: Yeah. I think that at the end of the day, you're only here once. Yeah. Like you want to get to the end and think, Oh, I'm exhausted. I've done everything that I wanted to do. I spent it with the people that I wanted to spend it with. I think relationships are really important. Yeah. I think it's important that you nurture the relationship with the person that you're with, that you prioritize each other you don't take each other for granted Mm -hmm. that we set you know every year with our kids we set goals on new year's day every year like family goals goals for the kids goals for us and we stick to those goals and those values and those for the four of us and i Mm -hmm. think it makes you closer as a family um yeah and you've got to prioritize what each other wants and what each other wants to achieve and stuff as well. So yeah, it's it's definitely like number one focus and. I it,
0: you. you sound like you're in my brain. If if if, you, if we sat with maybe your husband and you know my wife too <laughs> I think we've got a lot of things that we definitely feel the same. I love that. And if there was a rule that you could create that you think we should all abide by, what would that be?
1: Oh, take action action takers and money makers do not procrastinate like take action and even if you get it wrong you're going to have learned something and you know always keep moving forwards and don't don't settle and don't be unhappy and set big goals
0: i love that see there you go take action i mean that was jessica crane on hair life today amazing jessica loved it loved every bit of that where can uh, our listeners find you? Where can they find Jessica Crane?
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so you can um, head over to our website, www.jessicacrane.co.uk, or you can search us on Instagram at jessicacrane, S-I-S-S. Um, and in our bio, we'll have, you know, links to any upcoming events. We do two-day online salon summit events where we're going to teach you all about numbers and marketing and, all of that stuff. Um, Or you can book a consultation with one of my team and they'll go through what your business goals are and everything else um, and see how we can help you. Um, Yeah, so absolutely get in touch and we can see what we can do for you.
0: Amazing. We will put all the links uh, in the bottom of the show notes. So they will be there for you to follow Jessica. Um, Jessica, thank you for today. Thank you for giving up your time. And I look forward to chatting to you again sometime in the future.
1: No worries. Thank you, Nathan.
0: Go hey, study.